0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the wannabe entrepreneur the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company My name is tiago. I am your host And I have to start this episode by saying that this was a really hard one to record for two main reasons first of all, I woke up with Feeling really bad like I had no motivation and then to just the cherry on top of the cake It was so noisy due to some constructions in the downstairs neighbor that I couldn't record. Every time I was recording, there was constant banging, super loud. So it was really, really upsetting, especially because I also had an interview today that by the way, will be out next Thursday. So I grabbed my things and came to my parents' house and I'm recording from here, which is a bit more silent, better. And uh, I also had... The first, the kickstart meeting with the community, we are doing a project together and it was so much fun that now I'm feeling much, much better. But uh, yeah, today's episode, I will speak about that, speak about my lack of motivation, why is that happening and uh, I will also give you an introduction into what's happening in this WBE lab. I will even share a little bit of the behind the scenes. And last but not least, I will also speak about the project in the offices, which is basically my first B2B. I sent a lot of emails and I'm excited to tell you the responses and how that is happening. And I will also share something a little bit more personal, which was basically a question, very valid question made from my parents in last week, They asked me if I'm not wasting my time with the entrepreneurship and bootstrapping. And it's a very valid question. I think it makes total sense they're asking that. I asked that to myself as well. Not that I'm really wasting my time, but uh, if this will somehow damage my career. So, yeah, we'll explore all of this in today's episode. Before we start, I want to give a shout out to the new community members. The WB space, basically a co-working space for bootstrappers where we all work together, we share ideas and support each other in our own projects. And uh, this last week, four new people joined, which is amazing. We just crossed the 25 paying members, so I'm now making more than 100 euros MRR which is really great, it's a great milestone. So welcome Justina, Matthias, Mark, and Deco. It's a pleasure to have you on board. And for the listeners, if you want to support this podcast to make sure this continues and uh, want to join us, make sure to check out, the link will be in the description and it costs four euros or $4.6 per month. And uh, yeah, let's get cracking. Let's start today's episode. Remember I told you that uh, in this past new year, so 2021 to 2022, me and my friends rented a boat and we spent three days sailing. It was really nice. We went to Sesimbra, which is a coastal town near Lisbon, and we returned. When we were returning, it was night. I think it was already 8 p.m. or so. And of course, it's winter, so it's already pitch black. And... I didn't take into account the flow of the river, the current. So what would have taken us one hour ended up taking us three hours to reach the dock. And when we were about to reach, it was super, super foggy. I couldn't see more than 10 meters ahead. It was very scary. The only way that I kind of knew the way was with the GPS. And just following the margin of the river because I knew that the dock was in the margin. So I, I was just following it and I would eventually see it. It was my first time in those conditions and there were a lot of variables that I couldn't control. What if there was a boat coming in the opposite direction? What if it was a cargo ship They would just destroy the boat? What if the GPS was broken? So I just had to focus on what I could control And have a little bit of faith that we are going in the right direction. That's for me my bootstrapping journey as well. I have now just reached 100 MRR, so monthly recurring revenue, which was a huge milestone. I was so happy we reached this in the beginning of last week. And uh, it was really, really great. It's something that I thought I would not reach or it seemed kind of impossible a few months ago. But still, it's just 100 euros. It's very far from my goal, which is 1,000 euros in 2022. And even that is very far from my ideal salary or the salary that I was making as a developer. I just want to reach this 1,000 because then I kind of feel that I can say that I'm leaving from my projects. And I think it will feel really great. And don't get me wrong, it really felt great to reach 100. Is this nice round number. When I was making 20 bucks a month, people be like, okay, 20 bucks is nothing. 100, it's a more respectable number, I would say. It took me seven months to reach this. Of course, that these seven months, there was a lot of experimenting, a lot of different projects, but it took me seven months. And I cannot help to wonder if it would take me another 7 to reach 200 or if I even r- will reach that. I'm just sailing in the foggy weather and I have no idea if I'm going the right direction. And there are a lot of variables. This past week, I was having uh, lunch with my family and my mom made a very, very fair question, which was, are you wasting your time Pursuing your projects, can't you just do this as a side gig? What she was worried is that I'm kind of in the peak of the career, or maybe not the peak, but I'm in this area where I'm not a noob anymore. I I wouldn't consider myself as a senior senior developer. But I have a lot of experience and now is the time where I can kind of catapult my career to, or my software developer career to the next level, right? I can find a nice startup, I can get all the experience that maybe in 10 years I would not be need to work that much and I will have a very, very good salary. This worry that she has is a worry that I also have, especially when I started this journey and I asked around to my entrepreneur friends, What if I'm just wasting time? What if I'm just stopping for one year and then it will be just super hard to go back to the job market? Most of my friends said not to worry about that because there's always a need for developers and I'm gaining a lot of experience that will kind of put me apart from the other candidates. I think it makes sense, of course, that not all companies are looking for entrepreneurs, but I'm sure that. The companies that I'm interested in working for, those are the ones that are looking for entrepreneurs. So it's not something that worries me a lot, but it's always in the back of my mind. And especially the fact that I don't know if supposedly making 100 is super hard, making 200 is a bit easier, making 500 it's easier, and uh, it just becomes easier and easier. But I just don't know. <laughs> So, in the beginning of this week, I was feeling a bit low. Also, another thing that I'm not enjoying that much is the fact that I'm mostly alone. I'm working alone at home, and I'm a very extrovert person. I like to meet with others. I like to have this routine to go to the office, grab a coffee, enjoy the city. And when you're always at home, your personality changes. I, I feel that I'm getting more kind of an introvert. I just, I don't want to get out. I don't want to change clothes. Now I kind of force myself, actually, I because it's always super nice weather in Portugal. It's always sunny. In the afternoon, I always go to a little coffee place next to my house, and there's other people always working there. So I kind of force myself to get out of the house. But I feel that now, really, everything is so hard. Like, I just want to go shopping. I want to do this or that. I don't know. I feel that there's a lack of energy And that's probably also connected with the fact that I'm always at home, working from home. Having my community helped a lot. And I have to say, I was feeling like shit in the beginning of the day. We had our kickoff meeting for the WBE Labs and it was so much fun and interacting with other people was so much fun that I feel really, really energized. But I also miss kind of meeting people in the real, quote unquote, real world and doing sports and... Yeah, this is something that I really, really need to fix. And I don't have a solution just yet. If you do, send me a DM on Twitter. I would love to, to hear how you fix this problem. But I will keep you posted on on that. This was the life of an entrepreneur. And uh, let's now go to my project updates. And in that regard, I have really cool things happening. Let's start with the indie offices. In the offices is that tool that I'm building, which is basically has a really great integration with Slack and allows for remote teams and communities to have an office, like a virtual office that is always available, and people can hang out there. Each room has different features. And I started selling the product or trying to get clients, and I sent so many emails, so many emails. Uh, what I basically did was I went to Ive Index, which is a platform where it lists all the communities available. And you can filter by Slack. So I filtered by Slack communities. I got the emails and I sent an email to each one of them. I think I sent about 50 emails. And I have to say that it didn't work great. From those 50 emails, I got... Three responses and all of them were negative. So cold email ink is not working for me so much, but I did find other ways to get customers. First of all, I know a couple of people that have remote teams. So, for instance, Hendrik from uh, the the YouTuber that I also interviewed is also he also have a remote company, and uh, I asked him to try it out, and I asked also Anthony for the Worldwide, I uh, also interviewed him here, you probably already listened to the interview, and he tried out, we had our first event, it was super fun, he's a super nice guy, he also said that the pricing was good, even though he's still in the trial mode, and we, or he hosted an event, that, um, I think it's called the Kitty Awards from Product Hunt, so basically the awards that were given to the best products of 2021. And he hosted that using the virtual office. It was super fun. I was also there. A lot of people joined. And they were excited about the tool. What I think it was a really positive thing was the fact that no one complained. So they just thought, okay, this is just another tool. No one said like, oh, this is not working. Why don't we don't just use Zoom? No, everyone was super okay. So the fact that it was able to blend in and work was quite amazing, and I have to take my hat off for Jitsi, which is the open source tool I'm using for the video conferences. Really, really amazing. So that worked well. After that, I also got approached by another person, another entrepreneur that runs a community called CodeSwaps, and he said that he also wanted to try the product, and it's now also in the trial mode in this community. So this is really, really good. What is not so good is the fact that no one is using it. <laughs> so they, people use it if you actually organize something, but they are not using it spontaneously. So my idea is that, okay, I just want to grab a coffee. I join the, the room. I tell the others that I'm in the room or they see it in, in my username on Slack and they will also join. But creating this habit, it's not that easy. I I don't know if I should focus only on communities or only in remote teams or if I should focus on both. But one thing for sure, I should make the tool more sticky and make it more in the sense that people actually want to use it or to create this habit. So now I'm thinking on kind of features that I can implement. One of my ideas is to have a bot that every now and then just sends a message and says, hey, why don't you just go to the break room? So this is something that I've been trying to figure out how to implement this. And it's yesterday I spent my whole day thinking. <laughs> it felt so unproductive. It's crazy because I just don't want to code something without thinking it properly. But I just don't know what to do or how to do it. And it's really a bit frustrating. It feels that I didn't do any work. But think about it. Thinking is actually working as well you can save a lot of time if you think ahead so this is definitely something that um, even though I, I get frustrated I know that it's important in the meantime also a couple of other people joined the remote office but I don't have their contact so the only information they I record is their uh, workspace slack workspace name and I've seen that a couple of people try it out probably they found it on indie hackers or something. And I tried to reach out to them by searching their email by the workspace, but they also didn't answer. So definitely there's curiosity. There's People want to try it out, but it's still not to the point that actually can be used because it's not sticky enough. This is what I'm focusing now on in the offices. For the WB Lab WB community, we are starting this new project, which is kind of the one-month hackathon. Super, super cool. It was actually pitched by Max. So Max came to me, is one of the members of the community, one of the most active ones. And he said, "I why not just doing a hackathon? I think it would be super fun, where we all work together to do one project. And he even came up with the idea, and I said, okay, let's do it. You can drive the project. So he's super into it, which I really, really... Love the fact that he's so passionate about it. And it took us about three weeks to prepare everything. He did, like, amazing planning, like, week by week, what we want to do. We nailed the sponsor, which is amazing. Actually, Logology, so Dagobert, if you remember my chat with him, and, and Lucy as well, they are sponsoring our first WBE lab project. And uh, they basically are giving us one of their logos. They have a tool, Logology is a tool that allows you to create logos. And uh, it's it, it's quite cheap, but still, I guess for bootstrappers might be quite an amount. So it's 50 bucks, you get a logo, and then you can pay a little bit extra to get some extra functionalities. So they are giving this for free. And uh, today was fun because we had our first Kickstarter meeting. Or maybe let me just tell you what the project is about. It's, it's called Collab Club. And the idea is for... Actually, it came from Max because he is a business marketer. He knows more about these areas, SEO, but he doesn't know anything about coding. And sometimes he gets really frustrated because there are little things he wants to build, but he can't because he doesn't have the know-how. So his idea was, why not create a platform where I can exchange my know-how for marketing and my skills for marketing, and in return, get a developer to do something for me. So for instance, if he wants to create a landing page, and I need someone to help me with my marketing, we would exchange. I would give him two hours of my time and build his landing page, and he would give me two hours of his time. So that's the idea. Today we had our first design sprint, we worked together, super fun, and in the end we used Dagobert's tool to do a little survey. So you start by doing a survey to, and to figure out the personality of your brand, your brand personality, and then you get a logo. So I want to, we actually recorded this for you to listen a little bit of the dynamics and how was it to actually come up with the logo and the brand personality together as a team, because it's really, really fun. So let, let's hear it. If my startup was a superhero, which one would it be? Now Batman, I think is probably... I think about uh, the yeah, club, club's club, gonna be... I, I like the description which says Batman uh, who will never let you down. Yeah. And we uh-huh. hope that you know the partners don't let each other down look at this superman the most likely superhero with incredible powers from the, a different world which yeah, somehow is connected know, that's, right yeah yeah that's yeah that's also that also that. wonder Woman is compassionate right? so, i was going to say spider-man because he uses his power to help everyone I'm not so happy with the everyone because we do not want to help everyone. Mm -hmm. We want to find the one matching power for us. So I'm also team Superman, actually. If my startup was a famous figure, which one would it be? Mother Teresa, Walt Disney, Oscar Wilde, Stephen Hawking, or Julius Caesar? Mother Teresa, I can do things you cannot. Oh, that's that's great. (laughs) (laughs) My startup's primary value proposition. A more clever and genius way to do something? Well... A more caring way to do something. A more solid and reliable way to do something. Mm-mm. This what, what things we asked Mark last? Mark, what do you think? Maybe the second one. I think the first one. The first one. <laughs> yeah, here we go. I'm also with Mark because caring is kind of... It doesn't fit in the new way. It, this would, would not make the, the personality of our brand. We want it to be clever. We want people to go there because say, I have... This clever idea, I go to call up Club and I can contribute and get something. Also, that you would, some people wouldn't think of doing this, right? Like mm. in a True. way of, yeah. oh, I have weird. a skills that I can share with somebody that they can then exchange their time with me. It's a little bit sometimes out of the box. I think most people think that they yeah. have to pay for stuff directly to the you know hire a freelancer, mm. consultant, whatever. So I, that's why I think number one fits. I don't think two fits. And this was a little bit of uh, a long discussion, but in the end we end up coming up with really cool logos. And if you follow me on Twitter, I guess we'll even do a vote and ask for people outside to help us out deciding which logo to use. So yeah, thank you, Logology, for sponsoring the WB Labs. It's really, really nice. And uh, keep in mind that they are not sponsoring the podcast, they are sponsoring the lab. The podcast is still (laughs) ad-free. So it was really fun, really nice session, and I'm excited to bring you along, the listeners of the podcast, in this journey, because we have no idea if it will work. People from all over the world. Today we had people from the US, which was, I think, 10am, and we had people from Europe, People that were in India and in Singapore, which was almost 12 hours difference. I think it was actually 10 p.m. or something. So really, really interesting. And I'm super excited to see how we are going to work asynchronously because we are all in different time zones and what we will come up with in the end and if we will actually be able to deliver something. So very, very exciting. Things happening in the community, more people joining, and uh, it's very, very active place right now. So I hope it continues like this, and I'm excited for the new members that will join this week. And that's all for my projects at the moment. There's nothing else that I want to tell you. So now I just want to give you some tips and tricks for bootstrappers. And today, I want to speak a little bit about Twitter, because it's been a long time since I spoke about it, since I shared a little bit of my Twitter strategy. I think the last time I shared, I didn't have 100 followers, and I am now at 568, so I guess it changed a little bit. My my strategy has changed a little bit since the beginning, and I want to share that with you it might help other Twitter users. So first off, if you remember, and I really advise for you to go and listen to my first Twitter episodes because I go more into detail into the first or beginning strategies. But in the beginning, what you want is to follow the right people and to use hashtags to get people to follow you back. So, what I did in the beginning was to find the hashtags that my community was using, for instance, hashtag entrepreneur, hashtag public, hashtag startup, and I was just going through the tweets and answering people there. When I answered them and they got back to me, either with a like or especially with a response, I would follow them, and this would trigger curiosity from their side, and if they liked my profile, it's really important to have a good profile. They would follow me back. So this was basically my first strategy. I was using Twitter heavily and uh, I reached, I think, 200 or 300 followers doing this. And um, there's a lot of people also using TweetDeck, and, uh, which is basically a tool created by Twitter that allows you to have different views. So for instance, you can say, only show me tweets with hashtag startup. Only show me tweets that follow this trend, whatever. And um, a lot of people use this kind of technique to find the most interesting tweets for them to interact with and to get some responses. So this was basically the the beginning, how I got a lot of, or the first initial followers. And uh, another strategy that also Bear actually, he was the one that that taught me this, and is very successful on Twitter. What he did, and now I also do this, is to switch your view on Twitter. So instead of going, I think when you go to Twitter to your kind of main page on, I think it's on the right, you have options, and then you can order the tweets by popularity, or you can order by the latest. I'm always ordering them by the latest tweets, because then this allows me to be the first one to actually answer a tweet. So normally, people just posted the tweet, they always hang around for a little bit, so they posted, and I always see, okay, this tweet was posted one minute ago. And I can immediately interact with them, and most likely they will see me, and they will answer me. Or others will like my tweet. It's also important, when we interact with a big account, let's say I interact with Peter Levels, and uh, I answer something funny, a lot of people will obviously read his tweet, and they will like my tweet, comment on my tweet, and follow me. So, I'm always using this view now, ordered by the latest. Now, one thing that happened was that I was using Twitter a lot. I was really addicted, always going there, always writing tweets, always answering other people, so it got really time-consuming. As my Twitter account is growing a little bit, I now am scheduling tweets much more often. I'm using Buffer for that. I'm actually paying... For, for that version, but I think you can just use the Twitter native scheduler. I think it's, it's more than enough. I use Buffer because I also wanted to schedule things on LinkedIn and I'm paying because Buffer, in the, the free version, you can only schedule a limited amount of tweets ahead, and I want to schedule more. So now what I do is basically, in the beginning of the week, I kind of almost schedule all my tweets for the week. And uh, every time I have a new idea for a tweet, instead of just writing it down and tweet it right away, I schedule it. It's very important. I know that sometimes you have an idea and you think, aha, super funny, great idea, I just want to tweet it right now. Normally, I always schedule it, unless it's something that I need to share right now, because it's only relevant now. And it won't make sense in two days or so. I tweet, I schedule everything, and this allows me to chill. I can take some time off. I can go for the weekend, whatever, and I know that my account is always pumping new content. And sometimes it's a really nice surprise when I open my account and I have a lot of notifications because a tweet was really well received by my followers. Another thing that I also do is that I automate my DMs. This is mostly because my DMs is also a way for me to sell one of the entrepreneur memberships. So I use the tool, Haivoi. I just interviewed Luca last week, so you know all about this tool for sure. And I have a welcome message. So every time someone follows me, it sends a welcome message. It doesn't look like... Um, kind of automatic message some people say hey how did you automate this but most people don't even notice that some don't even answer but a lot of people actually do and this is great because I get to know people I get to convince them also to join the community and um, I know I learn from their projects and it's really good like if you are building something in a certain space, in my case, I'm building from bootstrappers, you really need to know your space, you need to know the lingo, you need to know people's challenges. And uh, it's always great. And people are always super happy to get this message. And this is just to break the ice because sometimes I'm, I'm not available, someone follows me and like this, with this automatic message, I'm sure that I don't forget to answer them or to just greet them. I have this automated, and then I just answer them myself. So this is my current strategy. Scheduling tweets, automated DMs, and sometimes I just hang out. Now I'm actually not answering a lot of other tweets because it takes me a lot of time. Sometimes I just go there because it's fun as well, right? I, I really love Twitter, so to get up up to speed to what what's happening, what people are doing, what other creators are doing, I quite often, just go there and read. Sometimes I don't answer. I, I'm answering much, much less. And I can even see that my Twitter is growing much slower than before because I'm not engaging as much, but that's just the time I can commit. And uh, I'm I'm pretty okay with that. So sometimes I read some tweets in, by the way, order by the latest, I answer them and uh, yeah, I just have fun with the platform. Uh, I think it's really important once you reach a certain level, or even from the beginning, scheduling tweets is really important so that you don't get too addicted to the platform. So I hope these quick tips were relevant for you. I also know that Arvid has launched a Twitter course. I don't know how much it costed, but I just watched the trailer and it seemed quite good. He is an avid Twitter user, so maybe check that out. I don't know if that's for you or not. Again, it didn't sponsor me to say that. And that's it, those are the tips and tricks for bootstrappers, and this is the end of today's episode. Let me just give you the last notes. First of all, if you want to make sure that this podcast continues, buy me a coffee or become a member or a supporter. You pay four euros per month, you get also to join our community, but you also become the reason why this podcast is growing and why this podcast will continue. This is really, really important. Besides that, sharing it with your friends and giving a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Now you can actually give reviews or ratings rather on Spotify. It's very simple. Just scroll up and uh, pick the, hopefully the (laughs) five-star rating. And that's it. This Thursday, I'll be interviewing Olu. He has a very interesting story. He was He was working in investment banking. Then he started his startups. He was actually scammed by one of his co-founders. And this is really, I've never heard a story like this before. And then he ended up building Prello. That is a really cool SaaS that is now growing a lot. So make sure to tune in this Thursday. And uh, yeah, this was another Wannabe Entrepreneur. See you around. What did you think of the episode Misty? Did you like it? I think she liked it.